Utah weather special coverage with Dave Dijanovic. I want to jump out to uh, Ryan Love with the Unified Fire Authority uh, because uh, earlier when we were having a discussion about uh, the ventilation systems in a lot of homes, especially we saw a lot of concerns on the southwest part of the valley like Harriman and South Jordan and the natural gas uh, appliances like the furnace or the water heater being vented to the exterior of the home and getting clogged by snow, which could then create a CO hazard, carbon monoxide buildup in the home. We got a text, Dave, during that conversation from a fire captain who said, I'm listening now, a little worried that some of the information that you all are putting out may not be the best advice. So we want to make sure we get that information correctly, okay. uh, correct. So uh, CO, carbon monoxide. CO2, carbon dioxide. Right. Which one do I put in my Diet Coke? Is it CO2? I tell you what, you put the, the issue is carbon monoxide. The buildup of carbon monoxide, which is a silent killer. And, you know, I've covered enough news stories over the years that often people die in their sleep without realizing that the carbon monoxide is building up inside their homes. Uh, let's bring on Ryan Love uh, with the Unified Fire Authority. I saw a tweet from the city of Harriman last night, Ryan, uh, that warned homeowners about carbon monoxide building up if their exterior vents were clogged by snow. And apparently, firefighters were responding to calls out in the Harriman area, and I know there were problems in the South Jordan area as well. Yeah, Debbie, there were. We had quite a few calls yesterday. Um, I was called by a few of our captains, and uh, they were uh, inquiring that I, I get some information out to the public. And so that that's the tweet that you saw from Harriman City. I coordinated with them and tried to get some information out. But uh, first off, I'd just like to say thank you uh, both, uh, Dave and Debbie, for allowing me a few minutes on your show this morning. I know that there was some false reporting or some some questioning on, on some of the reporting, and so I'd like to clear that up a little bit. And you two are both talking about the difference between carbon monoxide and uh, carbon dioxide. And Dave, to answer your question, carbon dioxide is what we put in our in our cokes at home. Okay. Um, and uh, carbon monoxide is is the uh, the potentially fatal one. And the reason why it's important for our local community here is because of this recent snowstorm. We're seeing an uptake in um, carbon monoxide alarm alerts, which is uh, which is sending out our firefighters. And and yesterday in Harriman specifically, we, our firefighters were responding all day long to these alarms, which was unusual. But the reason was was because of the snowstorm that came in, and it had a little bit of wind with it as well. I think a lot of us have seen pictures of the snowdrift and some of the snow banks that were created upwards of uh, of four feet in some cases. What that's doing is it's covering some of the ventilation systems for all of our appliances that we use in our homes, our water heaters, our furnaces, and, and so, so on and so forth. And that's not allowing our furnaces or those, uh, those heaters to off-gas, and it's plugging that system up, pushing the poisonous gas, the carbon monoxide, back into our homes. The, the problem with that is that this gas is extremely dangerous because you can't smell it, you can't taste it, you can't see it. So it's just like we're breathing normal air. However, this is poisonous, and it could it could certainly be fatal if left unattended. And if you don't have a carbon monoxide detector telling you that it's in your home, um, that's that's what what we're really worried about. And, what, are, what are some, uh, of, the some symptoms, of the symptoms? Yeah, oh, yeah, I think that's yeah. where you're kind of headed. What are some of the signs if if I am uh, inhaling carbon monoxide? 
I think the first thing that you need to be aware of is, is a possible uh, headache or dizziness or lightheadedness. Um, more severe cases, you might get some nausea or vomiting, um, shortness of breath or difficulty breathing. Um, and then in some, some severe cases, we have a loss of consciousness, potentially chest pain, seizures or convulsions, and even uh, weakness, fatigue, or death. And so those are some of the signs and symptoms that we worried about. And, and obviously, depending on your exposure, it gets a little bit worse and worse down the list there. Um, but uh, we want people to make sure, you know, dig out those those uh, ventilation systems in your home. And if you don't know where they are, walk around your home, take a look to see what that looks like, um, and then clear that out. We appreciate you joining us. Ryan Love from Unified Fire Authority. Uh, thanks for the update. Thanks, Ryan. Eye on the Hill 2023. Special coverage with David Dejanovic. Lindsay Ayrts, how many working days of the 2023 session are left? Six, guys. <laughs> six working days left. Okay. So this is, this is the I think, the longest ping-pong match uh, that I've watched uh, over the last probably 30 years of reporting in Utah. Uh, and that is the food tax. I mean, sometimes they put it on sometimes they take it off so are we going to get are we going to see lawmakers do they have an appetite for getting rid of it this year where's that at okay well the food tax proposal to remove the state portion of the sales tax on food comes with a major catch and this catch is the food tax only comes off if voters approve in 2024 that we remove the earmark for income tax to go towards education is that legislative speak or do you understand what i was just saying i'm just not quite sure like who's who's drafting this this uh, 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 new amendment to the amendment that well, we all have to go to the polls and vote on. Right. Now. So we have two different pieces of legislation. The bill that's being run would take the sales tax off food, but it has a contingency in it which says that it doesn't go into effect until January 1st of 2025 and only if SJR 10, which is a resolution being run by the Senate, gets approved and that Senate resolution would take the earmark off of education. It does feel like lawmakers are are finding a loophole. The federal government does this all the time where they take two totally different bills and they combine them. One that's very popular, one that is not popular, but they pass them together. That's what we saw in the teacher raise school choice bill. And it feels like that's what they're trying to tap into this time. Your feeling is not incorrect. However, I think lawmakers would beg to differ, right? This is the way that they they argue on each of these pieces of legislation that these things have to happen together. They're making the arguments, but um, that certainly is an interpretation of what's happening out there. When it comes to the earmark for income tax for education, there is a reason why many, many years ago voters finally told lawmakers – how they wanted their income tax money spent. I was the education reporter in the 90s, which I've been told is a long time ago for Channel 4 News, and I would go into schools daily, Lindsay, and these children had... I remember I was at Washington Elementary, the old Washington Elementary, just down the hill in the shadows of Capitol Hill. A principal or the, one, of the, one of the administrators took me into one of the closets there where they had lined the encyclopedias. Remind, my, now, this was in the mid-early early 90s. Yeah. The encyclopedias that the children were using, pre-computers, were from the 1960s. So lawmakers back then, in my view, were having a real hard time understanding the importance of how 
parents felt and taxpayers felt our uh, tax money should be spent on education. Yeah. And and schools were suffering and because of it. Their, def- their argument for removing this income tax earmark is that they need flexibility in the budget. They say income tax has gone up at 10 times the rate the sales tax fund has. Sales and gas tax funds everything else we fund in state government. The income tax is earmarked for four different things, educate, public education, higher education included in that. So they want flexibility with that pot of money so they can fund the other things in government. So they're arguing they need to free up that money. But the groups in education are opposed to this, at least right now, because they have been working with lawmakers to get some sort of constitutional guarantee that their funding is protected constitutionally. Now, lawmakers have vowed that they're going to fund education, and we take them at their word at that. However, um, the education community wants that shored up in the Constitution as opposed to just a law, a bill that says we have to fund education, because that is subject to change. Lindsay Ertz, thank you for joining us. And yeah, this is very unique, the fact that we take every single penny from state income tax and direct it 100% uh, to, to education. Well, yeah, let me just clarify just a little bit. It's not 100%. It goes to some social services for children. It also goes to public and higher education, and then also people with disabilities. But those four places are where it goes. Thank you. Lindsay, you're amazing. You go. All right. Have fun up on the hill. All right. See okay. you guys. Tell them all we said hi. Uh, straight ahead, a, a proposal, another proposal on Capitol Hill wants to help first-time homebuyers by um, let, let, getting, giving them $20,000 uh, to get into their, their home, their new home. We're going to dive a little deeper and look at what efforts banks and credit unions are doing. Mountain America Credit Union joins the show next.